Welcome to the Christchurch London podcast. Our Sunday services have now moved online and you can tune in every week for worship, prayer and our weekly sermon by going to christchurchlondon.org forward slash church hyphen at hyphen home. We're now going to hear the talk from this week's Church at Home service. Today's reading is from John chapter 3, verses 3 to 15. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus. And do you not understand these things? Very truly, I tell you. We speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen, but still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. Hey Christchurch family, my name is Raph. I'm one of the leaders at the Bethnal Green service and I help to look after and lead our evening service community particularly, um, who I'm really missing being with in person at the moment. But, um, you know, for now, I'm just so glad I get to be and share with all of you guys who are watching today. We are in the middle of a series of the Spirit-filled life And week after week, as we look at different parts of this, our prayer is that as a community, we would step into and live lives full of the Spirit. Today, we're looking at what Jesus had to say about being filled with the Holy Spirit in this interaction he had with a Jewish religious leader called Nicodemus. I remember being back in my hometown of uh, Leicester and being stopped by a street preacher. He asked me if I was a Christian and I, I told him I was a Christian. And hoping to sort of have a brief hello and sort of be on my way, he instead responded with a smug, ah, yes, but but are you born again? And I remember inwardly taking a deep sigh and thinking to myself, like, if I say yes, will that be the tick- my ticket out of this conversation? Will that be the password that gets me out of this conversation? You know, those of us who uh, may have grown up in a church tradition might have a weird um, conception or weird relationship with the phrase born again. Maybe for some of us, it's synonymous with a particular church uh, tradition or denomination. Maybe for some of us, you know, we would have it on our dating profile. Or maybe for some of us, it would definitely put us off someone else's dating profile. I don't know. I even recently heard um, on a podcast the phrase, I'm a born again veganer. You know, who knows what that means? Maybe for some of us, we've never even heard it before. And it sounds like a super, super weird thing to say. Um, you know, whatever the case may be, I think for a lot of us, it's either lost its meaning or kind of has no meaning at all. 
So what does it mean to be born again? And what is happening in this interaction that Jesus is having with Nicodemus? I think, well, first of all, why, what would compel Nicodemus to come out under the cover of night to see Jesus? We don't know the exact motive for sure, but I think it's clear that he has come searching for something. He says he knows that Jesus has come from God. But beneath that statement, I think, is a whole set of questions. Is there anything more to you? Who are you really? And to this, Jesus responds with this curious statement. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now, is Jesus ignoring what he's saying? I, I don't think so. Jesus seems to be responding to something below the surface, something deeper. Often in my own life, I've had times where people close to me have heard me say one thing, but have actually really heard or seen what I actually really needed or what I really meant. We've got a six-month-old baby in our house, so the phrase, I'm tired, can have a whole range, a whole million different meanings. And with that comes different responses required, depending on what's actually really going on on the inside. And I think similarly, Jesus is going beyond what Nicodemus is saying at face value and instead is responding to his inward condition, to his deepest need. He might not realise it yet, but what Nicodemus ultimately was searching for or longing for was the kingdom of God. Now, the word kingdom can carry with it a whole myriad of different interpretations and, and feelings and meanings. When we look at the kingdom or kingdoms throughout history, including our own, we see that often they have been more about power, about dominance, about colonialism, things you know that we are still feeling the effect of today. And I don't think that's what Jesus was getting at here. I think it's worth noting that Nicodemus didn't respond to Jesus' statement with the question, what is the kingdom of God? As a first century Jew, particularly under, under Roman rule, he would have been part of the Jewish uh, people's collective hope and understanding that God would come one day as king to rescue and redeem his people, to restore his creation. But we get to see that from the New Testament that this is not just a future thing, but also a present reality, that the kingdom Jesus is talking about is both now and also to come when God will restore all things and we will see a creation freed from its corruption and decay. He will create a new heavens and a new earth. This, in a sense, is what all of us are longing for, for things to be made right, to be made new, for all that is not as it should be, to become all that it could be. A place where, as Dallas Willard beautifully puts it, he says, the power of God's personal presence will directly and indirectly accomplish the public order in and among the nations that human government has never been able to bring about. Truth and mercy will have met and kissed each other at last, like long lost friends. It's a beautiful picture. Nicodemus's problem wasn't with the idea of the kingdom of God, but rather the means as to which he would be able to see it and enter into it, the means by which it would come about. And as a Jew, Nicodemus would have expected to have access to this kingdom of God by virtue of his birth status and, and Torah observance. If anyone should see God, 
Should it not be the most religious, the most religiously learned, the most pious? You know, that was his thought pattern. So instead, Nicodemus's response to Jesus is one of shock and maybe a bit of contempt. You know, he says Jesus does not mean, he knows that Jesus does not mean be born again, literally. But he still asks, how can a man be born again when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? You know, he's kind of saying it's almost to sort of show how ridiculous he thinks what Jesus is saying is. Notice that he is focused on what outward efforts can make this happen. You know, what, what physical actions can be taken. But Jesus is clearly not talking about a physical outward birth, but using it to describe something that needs to happen on the inside. Jesus seems to be less concerned with the sense of self that Nicodemus has cultivated on the outside and what he's able to do, and instead is more concerned about the state and condition of his inner life, his inner being, his heart. In this interaction with Jesus, Nicodemus is clearly alive and he's clearly breathing, but Jesus clearly thinks he is in need of new spiritual life. As a Pharisee, Nicodemus would have had religious knowledge and would have you know, likely lived a life beyond any reproach. But to Jesus, Nicodemus's heart, his inner landscape, is desperately in need of new life and a fresh start. In our current cultural moment, there is a shift away from any kind of a distaste for birth given status, wealth or, or privilege. So we might find it obvious that Nicodemus cannot rely on his birth as a Jew or status as a Pharisee to give him access to this kingdom of God. Most of us would have kind of grown up hearing from either from our parents or maybe from school or things that we read and watched. For me, it would have been early, you know, noughties, high school dramas, which are my personal faith. Or maybe for you, it might have been Adventures in Middle Earth, if that's more of your thing. Whatever it is, we would have heard the message that it's what's on the inside that counts. And yet for many of us, we might not live like that is fully true. I think if we really think about it, we're not that different from Nicodemus. Just like Nicodemus, we can spend our energy cultivating and curating our outward lives whilst our inner lives are kind of withering away and being, it's just a bit of a mess. We can be pharisaical and dogmatic in preserving our outward honour on social media, for example. You know, we don't want to say or do the wrong thing. We want to make sure that we're on sort of the right side of things. But on the inside, we're just the same as we always were. We can be brilliant and beautiful on the outside, but on the inside, our inner landscape can be spiritually withering and without life. The Bible describes this as a sort of spiritual deadness, as being dead in sin. It's a state of being far from God, spiritually numb, unresponsive, unable to connect with God, unable to satisfy our deepest longings following the waves of the world, no matter what it's doing to our spirits, what it's doing to our inner lives. Whether we are a first century Jewish Pharisee or just an every person, everyday person just trying to get through this pandemic, without new spiritual life, this is a state that all of us are in. When Jesus says you must be born again, the word he uses for you is in the plural. He is in effect saying you all must be born again. We are all in need of a new heart filled with new life, a new spiritual second birth. So when Nicodemus questions what Jesus means by a second birth and how exactly can one be born again, 
Jesus again responds to him with this. He says, truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, is Jesus being deliberately obtuse or confusing here? Again, I don't think so. If you're familiar with the Bible or have maybe been attending church for a little while now, you may have noticed that water is an image that is used time and time again in the Bible, you know, particularly again in the Old Testament as well. And it seems that Jesus assumes that Nicodemus should understand what he is referring to based on his status as Israel's teacher, which is why he says to Nicodemus, are you the teacher of Israel? And yet you do not understand these things. Most scholars would agree that being born of water and spirit is a reference to this passage in the book of Ezekiel, where God says this, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from all your uncleanliness and from all your idols I will cleanse you and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh and I'll put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. You shall dwell in the land that I gave to your fathers and you shall be my people and I will be your God. This is a promise from God to completely transform our inner landscape, to give us new hearts and a new spiritual life. It's sort of a two-part process. Not only do we need to be forgiven and cleansed, but we also need to be new. We need to be transformed. We need new life. We need a new way of seeing and thinking and valuing things. You know, this is what Jesus was inviting Nicodemus into, what Jesus is inviting us into, a chance to exchange a striving and entitled heart for a cleansed and spirit-filled heart, to exchange our best self-help efforts and behaviour management for a heart that is filled with his spirit, guiding and leading us to walk in his ways, a chance to become the sort of people ready to see and enter into the kingdom of God. This is the second birth that Jesus is inviting us into. And just like with natural birth, this second spiritual birth is something that we have no agency to do for ourselves. Nicodemus' status as a Pharisee was unable to do the trick. Many of us are probably all too familiar with how our own best efforts also fall short. We're unable to transform our own inner landscapes. Our own efforts are like kind of spraying fertilizer on a dead field. We're not able to give it new life. But it is God who does this. It's a work of his spirit. Notice how he says, I will cleanse you. I will give you a new heart. I will put my spirit within you. It is only God who is able to bring about, to bring us out of spiritual deadness and into a new spirit filled life. It's only God who is able to transform our inner landscape from a barren wasteland and instead fill it with teeming life. It is a work of his spirit. And this is made possible through connection with Jesus. Jesus alludes to this in his peculiar closing statement when he says, And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Personally, I'm weirded out by any sort of mention of snakes or serpents, but this is in reference to a particular point in history where the Israelite people were afflicted by snakes because of their rebellion from God. 
And so they're crying out for healing. God instructs Moses to make a bronze serpent, and um, which was to be held up on a pole. And when the Israelites who were afflicted by the snakes were to look up at that bronze serpent, God would heal them. You know, interestingly, that is why to this day, we still have snakes on poles as symbols for many um, healthcare organisations. You might have seen it before, recognise it. But by referencing this story, Jesus is painting a picture of what his lifting up, his crucifixion will achieve. Just as the serpent was the image of the curse that was lifted up, in the same way our sin, the reasons that we need to look to Jesus, is also lifted up onto the cross, as lifted up in Jesus. And as God heals the Israelites as they're looking to the bronze serpent on the pole, Jesus is in effect warning Nicodemus that unless he and his companions look to Jesus and believe that they too would miss out on this new life, on this healing, this new life is, this new second birth is something that is only made possible by looking to Jesus. In his letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul, who wrote a lot of letters in the New Testament, he says this, but because of his great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace, expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Guys, I love, love, love this passage. And there's so much from it that we can get, that can help us as we kind of look at this encounter that Jesus had with Nicodemus. The first thing is that this new birth, this new heart, and being filled with the Spirit is a gift of grace, made possible through faith in Jesus. Being born again isn't some weird Christian status or title, but as a follower of Jesus, we are brought from being spiritually dead into having new spiritual life. The second is that this new life is a gift. It cannot be earned. We have nothing that we can boast about or be proud of that can earn this for us. If all we ever focus on are our good works or our behaviour management in order to sort of earn God's favour, then at best we are a Pharisee. For some of us, that might be something we feel we know already. Well, my brotherly encouragement would be just to watch out, just to think about and what you do and why you do the things you do. Maybe why you might feel guilty for not reading the Bible as much as you want or praying as much as you feel like you should. It could just be a sense of godly conviction. But it could also be that over the last few months, of the pandemic, we've just kind of allowed this sense of needing to earn God's favour to creep in. Maybe we focused on the outward things and not on God's invitation to receive his transformation of our inner lives as a gift. And the third and final thing is that Jesus's invitation to Nicodemus was not only just about being born again, but entering into and seeing God's kingdom. This means that in a similar way that we bear God's image, we get to be bearers of God's kingdom as we become citizens, as, as we live in the now and not yet part of history. The Bible shows that God 
cares deeply about how we live and how we are created to do good works. But this is from a place of a new heart and being filled with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. This is from a place of being formed by Jesus on the inside. And then we join in with him in his kingdom work and bearing his kingdom to others. This invitation is for all of us. For those of us through the pandemic who may have been struggling with exhaustion and just feeling really tired or struggling with repetitive behaviour habits or have been feeling spiritually numb or distant from God. For those of us who are kind of wrecked with shame and, and guilt and, you know, our failed efforts. And for those of us who are still desperately trying to control and manage each and every aspect of our lives, Jesus' invitation today is to receive new life as a gift. And this isn't just a mental exercise, but this is a work of the Spirit. After this encounter with Jesus, Nicodemus actually becomes a follower of Jesus. He accepted this invitation. The question for us today is, will we do the same? Will we allow that spirit to do the same work in us? Maybe for some of us today who wouldn't consider um, you know, ourselves a follower of Jesus, but we are longing for a new start. This invitation for new life is, is to you too. And as I said before, this is, this is more than just a mental exercise, guys. This is a work of the spirit. And so I would just love to pray for us. Um, you know, wherever we are, we can still encounter God's spirit. We might not all be together, um, but he can meet us wherever we are. So I'd just love to pray for us now. Father God, thank you for your love and your deep care for us. Thank you, God, that you are a God who renews all things and is working in us and around us. And today we just ask, Father, would you put a new heart in us? Would you cleanse our hearts? Father, would you fill our hearts with a new spirit, with your spirit? Would you cause your Holy Spirit to well up within us, God? Would you do a deep and transformative work in our inner landscapes, in our hearts? God, we just pray that a sense of your Holy Spirit would be with us now. We pray against any lie or any negative thought patterns that might not speak the truth to you about who you are and about the work that you're doing within us. And we just accept your love and your grace as a gift today. Fill us with your spirit, we pray, and be with us. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this talk from the Christchurch London podcast. To hear other talks or find out more about our Sunday services, head to ChristchurchLondon.org.